Hello, Fort Worth, and welcome to another episode of the Fort Worth Freedom Review. My name is Anthony Sosa, and I'm here today with Amber O'Dell and Michael Campbell to discuss the governor's legislative proposal and press conference regarding defunding the police, hosted here in Fort Worth at the Bob Boland facility on the south side of town. In this announcement, the governor and his compatriots fear-mongered lawlessness and chaos in our streets if the police were defunded. He shamed the city of Austin for the decisions of their elected officials and is proposing legislation to be taken up in the next session that will punish any city that defunds the police by freezing their property taxes at the current level. As always, please subscribe and sign up for our newsletter and get updates on Fort Worth political news and deep dives into local issues. We are currently a volunteer organization. If you would like to get involved or want to contact us, you can reach us at fwfreedomreview at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at fwreview and on Facebook at Fort Worth Freedom Review. This podcast is made possible by the Justice Reform League, a Fort Worth-based nonprofit. If you wish to support us, please go to justicereformleague.org and click on the donate button. interesting about the press conference to me was the fact that it was held here in the city of Fort Worth, the location of the press conference. Um, it seems like to me as if the governor had a tone of um, um, disappointment in the city of Austin in cutting their uh, police budget by 33.3%, um, which is really a headline uh, that doesn't show the true essence of what the city of Austin really did and um, I, I believe the mayor of Austin Steve Adler got it right and said that the governor just reacted to a headline and uh, not, without really knowing what what it means uh, the governor is reacting to the fact that they cut the budget by $150 but it was more of a cut of only $20 million and a re- reallocation of the other $130 million, which is um, really re- reimagining policing in our cities. And I actually say kudos to the city of Austin yeah. uh, mayor and the city council for getting it right. And, um, you know, I, I find it interesting that um, we didn't know about this press conference until maybe 24 to 48 hours uh, before it happens. And it happens here in the city of Fort Worth. Um, and if it was <laughs> the irony, irony of it all is that the governor and the lieutenant governor are citizens of the city of Austin. They're residents mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of Austin. They're Austinites. Mm-hmm. And they don't even have the kahunas to hold a press conference in their own city. Right. Yeah. They travel, you know, hours away. Um, to Fort Worth, which I believe may be the only major city in Texas that would allow or yeah. that would support such a conference of press conference that had a tone very strong against defunding the police, the idea 
a defund of the police. Yeah. I mean, uh, to me, I sorry to cut you off. It, it made me, it seemed very weak. Like they're like, they're scared. Like I triggered. was like, they were definitely triggered. And like, I felt like a lot of the rhetoric, a lot of the fear mongering, a lot of what they were saying was like, yeah, they were triggered and they were scared. And so to me, Fort Worth, it's really weird. Fort Worth is this, you know, sanctuary city now within Texas for the Republican Party mm-hmm. to go, which I guess is a good sign that, that they have to come to Fort Worth yeah, <laughs> to that's do true. something. Um, but it's just weird. It's a, it is a really weird dynamic, like how, how, how that they're coming here to do this. And then they're, yeah, they're spitting fire at all these other cities, you know, particularly Austin and particularly the mayor of Austin for what they're doing. But it's just, yeah, I don't know. The whole thing's and, and, and you know what else? I'm sorry, Amber. Oh, uh, but, um, I think the timing of, um, the press conference, um, there is an attorney, attorney Leon Reed has started to walk yeah. for reform. He started it last week, last Sunday, and this made major, you know, state news that mm-hmm. Attorney Leon Reed was walking 250 miles to this city. And kudos to him that, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the physical and mental uh, strain that he put on his body uh, for police reform. I really uh, commend him for that. But I think the governor made it very clear that he was not interested in meeting with Leon. Mm-hmm. The whole purpose of Leon's walk was to hand the governor his proposition for police reform, to yeah. walk and put it in his hand. Yeah. That's how serious he was about police reform. Yet the governor decides to announce the day before Leon arrives in Austin that, hey, I'm going to be in the city of Fort Worth. Right. The city where Leon walked from the city yeah. where Leon lives and practices to hold a completely opposite <laughs> press conference about funding the police yeah. and uh, very much so against defunding. I just find that very ironic. What do you think, Amber? I think it's really ironic too. How many, how many miles uh, is it from Fort Worth to Austin? Just in case we have anybody that's not from Texas. Uh, listening. It's like 150 ish. Yeah, it took them 10 days. Yeah, so it took them 10, 10 days. days. To walk I just know that some people don't realize how big Texas really is, right. you know. So in case we have any other listeners, I just want to kind of put that in context for them. But I, I think that is very ironic, and I actually, um, I hadn't considered that that take on it before. But yeah, I mean that is a total slap in the face to Leon. Um, I felt like it was a total slap in the face for all of us who were out protesting. Um, there's still people out protesting. There were people protesting this press conference. Um, uh-huh. So I think, you know, all the things that we've been trying to push here in Fort Worth, um, and then Mayor Price, you know, pretending like she was listening to us. I know I said in the last episode that I was proud of Fort Worth um, for some of the changes that they were considering and now I don't I think I take it back um because this this was very much a um a fear-mongering almost like a almost it almost felt like I was watching a like a almost like a Trump propaganda thing they were using sound bites directly from Trump the way that um they were some of the things that that really Abbott and Dan Patrick were saying are just like totally taken out of context. Um, you know, spinning the facts about mm-hmm. the homicide rates 
um, in Austin. So they presented no plans when they were doing this. They presented no data. You know, it was mm-hmm. just straight fear mongering, essentially. Yeah, they they gave those statistics from Austin, uh, like Austin's homicide rate, and then like their burglary rates or whatever. And I think they said that Austin's homicide rates had increased by sixty three percent. And then when we went back and watched um, Mayor Adler's response to this press conference, he points out that although there was an increase in homicide rates from the beginning of the year until now that Austin, even with that being the case, is still the second uh, safest city in terms of homicide rates in the country. Yep, second, so, second lowest homicide rate in the country, the city yeah, of Austin. Yeah, for large cities, yeah. And so, Dan, I mean, it's not like Abbott doesn't know that, you know, so... He said seven of the top cities are in Texas, of the safest cities in the country. Mm. But you wouldn't know that just by listening to the governor's speech or no. Dan Patrick or any of the people that were on that panel for that he press conference. He was totally unhinged. He was mad. Triggered. He was yelling. The, our, our spe- we had to turn our speakers down because he was, he was so worked up about defunding the police. Like, I felt like just saying those words were, were triggering everyone in that room. <laughs> yeah, who knew that, like, the easiest way to uh, cripple uh, the GOP is to talk about defunding the police, and it just made their heads explode. Yeah, yeah, they showed their true colors uh, in this press conference. I think it was, you know, uh, very much so uh, from a place of anger. And, uh, you know, yeah, they tried to you know, place fear in a, in a Texas residence and uh, misconstruing the facts of the homicide rates in Austin, uh, telling half stories. Uh, that's typical of uh, a conservative uh, mindset that is trying to uh, control the narrative. Mm-hmm. And um, what Austin did um, in comparison to the city of Fort Worth um Austin is not experiencing the pro, uh, police brutality at the rate that the city of Fort Worth is uh, experiencing. So uh, I found it interesting uh, that whoever this guy was, um, I forget his name, but he said, you know, we live in one of the best cities and in the state. And, you know, even Governor Abbott said city of Fort Worth has gotten it right. But yeah. that's a direct slap in the face to uh, Tatiana Jefferson's family Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And, and to her legacy. Uh, because um, and the other people who have been killed at the hands of Fort Worth police uh, mm-hmm. and who have experienced injustices, the Jackie Cribs, mm-hmm. the Forrest Currys, the Kevin Goldsteins, the, um, you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, so, um, But rather, instead of acknowledging that and instead of owning up to those sins and those problems, they're saying, no, the CCPD vote was overwhelmingly supported by the citizens. Yeah, only 8% of the citizens actually got out and voted. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not an overwhelming um, you know, support of the CCPD funding. Yeah, and there were but no... They brought that up again. And it wasn't even just Betsy Price. It was, I don't even know who that other guy was, but it was another guy on the, on the panel. Yeah, the other oh, guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the other end, opposite Betsy Price. Right. Right. Yeah. Just talking about, yeah. Yeah, he was saying that the House was going to have full support of this, or that this proposal is going to have the full support of the State House, um, whenever it is up for a vote. And it's like, how do you even know that? Like, well, so here's my deal. So, like, this is what bothers me the most. Like, the fear mongering is, is to be expected. Like, it's unfortunate, but it's to be expected. We also went and watched the uh, mayor of Austin's response to the governor's press conference, and that was very insightful and enlightening. And we'll go over what he said here in just a moment. But it's like my issue with it is 
it's like antithetical to quote unquote Texas values, right? Yeah. Like te- Texas is all about don't have the government tell me what to do. Right. Don't let the government get in my business and come and tell me what to do. Well, this is the governor telling cities what they should and shouldn't do. With their the, own The people of Austin it. elected the city council and the mayor to do these things and to make decisions and pass laws on their behalf. This is who they elected. This is who the people chose. Mm-hmm. So they chose these people. Those people put this stuff into effect. That's what the people wanted. Mm-hmm. So who is the governor of any state? To go into the city and like against the will of the people and say no. And you know what? You guys are, are going to get dinged for this. But then any other city in this state who wants to, quote unquote, defund the police is going to be negatively impacted. You can't raise property taxes anymore. And just for, for if you don't understand how taxes work here in Texas, we don't have a state income tax. Right. So the only way that the state can raise money to do anything is through property taxes. Now, whether you agree or disagree with that is like a completely separate issue, but that being the only way that people can really raise money in the state, that municipalities and cities can raise money in the state, is through property taxes. And then they're saying that the governor essentially is saying in this press conference that if cities, quote-unquote, defund the police, which they're going to have to define what that is, Mm -hmm. um, then they will not be able to raise property taxes in the future. Which is just like yeah, it's just it's a freeze on property taxes. So whatever the percentage of yeah of it is right now would stay the same. Sure, but if if a city needs to raise taxes for a million reasons that right. a city might need to raise taxes, every city's different. The governor doesn't know the ins and outs of any city in the state of Texas, right? Probably Austin because he's down there. But like he doesn't know the ins and outs of Fort Worth and what Fort Worth needs, right? And so like that's my whole thing is like why is the governor getting in the business of cities and saying, like, you should or shouldn't do this. To it, me, that's, like, the opposite of what is Texan. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And legally, um, from a legal perspective, he's overstepping his boundary. Uh, there's supposed to be checks and balances within our governmental system. And uh, the municipalities have the right to, uh, you know, create whatever ordinances or whatever policies they feel fit right. for their municipality. Uh, and to uh, they have... Uh, total uh, authoritarian control over their budget. Um, for the governor to support a p- legislative proposal, and I think the headlines got it wrong. The headlines said mm-hmm. that the governor, mm-hmm. the governor was going to freeze uh, the city's property taxes if they're defunded the police. The governor doesn't have the, the authority, yeah. the legal authority, to freeze the cities. He doesn't have that right to create an executive order or such. He can only use this executive order power if there's an emergency need. If we're in a mm-hmm. state of emergency, can he re- issue executive orders just like he did with the stay home order with COVID nineteen? However, he he actually said that he was supporting a legislator proposal, so he's asking the state legislator to pass this law. And you have some guy to say, "Hey, the Senate's going to get right on this, and we're going to pass this." So what we encourage you guys to do is to call your local legislator mm-hmm. and tell them that you do not support uh, the governor overstepping his boundary and you do not support uh, the Congress in the state of Texas passing um, this bill to freeze property taxes for cities who make that ultimate decision that, hey, we want to take some of our funding away from you know buying police helicopters or SWAT-type Material, and we want to put that towards social services. 
Yeah, and I I think that this has kind of um, been a little bit of a pattern, I think, in um, in Abbott's time as governor. And there's been a lot of people that have pointed out previously that he really is kind of been going after municipalities and taking away the power of cities uh, to make their own decisions and, you know, putting all these restrictions on what they can and can't do. Like, I um, I can't think of the name of the city, but there, just for example, there was one city, this was probably maybe five years ago or so, um, who had uh, this one road in their city that was pretty close to a Walmart. And um, there were there are always like plastic bags, like plastic Walmart stacks, I think. It might have been Walmart. I'm pretty sure it's like a grocery store, but they're getting plastic grocery bags stuck in this fence line. I think they had like a hedge or something and it was just like really making the road always look like there was a lot of trash and they couldn't stay on top of keeping it clean. So they passed a city ordinance uh, stating that you, um, that all the groceries uh, stores like couldn't use plastic bags anymore, which is actually more eco-friendly anyways. Um, and it, you know, spurred a lot of people to like bring their own shopping bags and stuff like that. And, um, for whatever reason, uh, Greg Abbott came in and was like, you don't have the right to ban, uh, plastic bags in, in this state. Like the shopper, you know, the, the corporations that own these grocery stores, like they can do whatever they want. Like you can't tell the corporations what to do in your city or whatever. Um, and it was just like a seemingly small thing, but who knew that that was going to really set the tone for um, the rest of his, you know, term as governor, or terms as governor, um, and taking away the, the rights of, of the city um, at the state level. Like, yeah. And it's just, that that's just doesn't, that's just against what, you know, even my libertarian friends would say. Like, that's that, if people want to do something, then they should have the right to do it. Right? Yeah, I mean, if you're really in favor of small government, um, yeah. you know, I think municipal government in many ways um, is just as important as state and federal government, if not more so because it directly impacts our lives. Yeah, it um, is significantly more important. Yeah, <laughs> and, and especially, you know, when it comes to the uh, institution policing in particular, you know, what you can and can't do um, in your daily life uh, is set up by by this, you know, arm of authority, and it just doesn't make sense, you know, for somebody in in Greg's position to really come in and start telling cities, like, and citizens that, you know, they don't have any authority over what they do with their own police budget. Yeah. Um, that's just insane to me. Yep. So before we go on to what the the, Aust- the mayor of Austin's response, I just want to briefly mention, so uh, what... Uh, to the point of why it is, again, so important to be registered to vote and to vote. And there is an election coming up this November, uh, November 3rd. And if you're not registered to vote, October 3rd will be the last day to get registered. And that's coming up. It's already halfway through August right now is, is when, we're, when we're recording this. And so it, as far as – so your vote, when you go vote, you're not just voting for the president and, uh, you know, your U.S. senators and whatever. You're also voting for people to represent you in – the state of Texas. You're voting, you know, our mayor, mayoral election will be in May for, for Mayor Betsy Price in, in the city, but at the state level, that election is also happening. And so uh, we have currently the way that the Texas Senate and the Texas House is constituted, or, or, or situated rather, um, there is 31 senators in Texas, and 19 of those are Republican, and 12 of those are Democrat. Uh, in the House, there's 150 seats. Uh, 
83 of those are currently Republican, and 67 of those are currently Democrat. So, wow, I didn't know that. That's good to know. Yeah, so, the, I mean, the Republicans have been the ruling, you know, party in, in here since, you know, since the early 90s. Um, Ann Richards being the last Democratic governor here in the state of Texas, and that was, oh, man, yeah, 30 years ago now. So, um, if we're wanting, you know, if we're worried about Greg Abbott actually getting this legislation passed that he's proposing, right? Again, it's just mm-hmm. the governor proposing legislation for them to to perhaps pass if they choose to do so. Um, currently, uh, it looks like, I mean, it's not going to be cut. I mean, yeah, I guess the House. So I'm not exactly 100 percent sure about if it needs to be two thirds or three fifths or whatever as far as the Texas uh, Congress is concerned, but. The Senate, they do have two-thirds of the Senate. Uh, you would need 18 for that, and they've got 19. And, I mean, they all, it's almost two-thirds of the House. It's like barely, I'm not great at math, but it's right right on the line. So if we're, you know, if you are uh, progressive-minded in the state of Texas, like, it's, it's crucial for you to get out and vote so we can, can uh, affect these numbers. Yeah, and I want to point out as well uh, well first of all you know write your representative whether they are in the same party as you or not if you're a resident of their district you are their constituent um, you're still in charge of them getting elected Um, you have some sort of say over it Um, so even if you don't think your representative is going to be uh, in favor of um, you know in favor of not passing this legislative proposal still try anyways um but i i do want to take just one second to um to talk a little bit about um the role of policing and um also you know just for people who still aren't 100 percent sure like what you know di- either divesting in policing or um or defunding policing really means the whole movement is, is really based on taking uh money from the police force and reallocating it towards supportive services um, and social services that will serve to prevent crime in the future. Um, And the role of police in our society, um, you know, there's a lot of question about what they should and shouldn't be able to do, but it's also important to look at what they're currently doing and not doing. And um, in addition to, you know, the issues with uh, racial bias and police brutality and, and all of that, um, it's important to look at, at crime and realize that, um, you know, the, I, the whole idea of having police on patrol is really based on the idea of deterrence or what um, we call in criminology deterrence theory, which basically set, is the idea that if we have police that are out visible in the community, a person who is thinking of committing a crime is going to see an officer and be like, oh, there's an officer here. I better think twice before I commit that crime um, because I might get caught. Um, And that's really the whole basis of having patrols in neighborhoods. And maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. There's a lot of uh, evidence that both supports having a larger number of police. Um, There's evidence that says that, like, the number of police don't really matter as much um, because it depends on how those patrols are being used. There's a lot of police officers that are doing desk work that are not actually even out patrolling, you know, so you have to think about that too when it comes to like the ratio of like officers per citizen uh, or per number of citizens. But um, the main thing is that police are not very good at stopping crime in general. So for instance, basically any crime that takes place in a home 
or inside of a building um, that's in a private space or an office space, police are very ineffective in stopping these crimes. And the majority of the police work that they're doing is reactionary. So um, even if you buy into deterrence theory and you think that seeing officers out on the street is stopping people from committing a crime, um, the vast number of crimes that police show up to have already happened. They don't show up to that many crimes in action and stop it from happening. So the whole basis of policing is not really even um, effectively preventing crime. It's just showing up to something that, that's already occurred. And I think it's important to take that into consideration because what the defunding um, movement is really about is um, not getting rid of police altogether. For the most part, people are just wanting to put more emphasis on the prevention side, you know, because if we prevent people from committing crimes, there won't be any victims, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if we set people up for success on the front end, you know, crimes that are related to poverty, like selling drugs, prostitution, um, even a lot of, you know, violent crimes will be prevented if people are stable and um, in a, a stable or, you know, able to live in a stable, safe environment with, you know, access to basic human needs. Um, and so it's really about preventing crime and ultimately eliminating how many criminals we have out in the community. Amber, what do you say to the idea that defunded the police is a socialist or communist idea? Um, I think it's pretty silly. Um, I mean, yes, there are socialist countries that are um, set up more to provide social services and have a social welfare system uh, so that they don't have a lot of people living in poverty, so they don't have a lot of people out committing crimes. Um, and I have to say that those countries have um, recidivism rates that are far lower than the United States. Um, I think our recidivism rate is like somewhere between like 65 and 75 percent of people that are released from prison are back in prison within two to three years. And that's largely because they have no support. <laughs> um, and if you look at a country like, um, I want to say Sweden, it's either Sweden or Norway, both of them have really, really low recidivism rates. But it's like around like, I think, 6% or something like that. Wow. And they also have a maximum prison sentence of, I think, 25 years. Um, so even if you commit a murder, um, you're not serving. They don't have life sentences. They don't have life without parole. They don't even have a parole system. Um, but yeah, they have incredibly you know, they're really lenient on their punishment and their their, eff their efforts are really in prevention, um, which I think is really the ideal model. Um, and so, I mean, if you're just against any type of social services, period, um, and you think that looks too socialist or, or too communist, um, I mean, I, I guess I could maybe see a connection, but ultimately the, the evidence suggests that that's a much better system than what we already have. Right. And um, I guess the second part of that question is um, if you look at the increase, the percentage increases of police budgets across the last, you know, 30 years since the war on drugs, you will see that they're just like completely like bloated and um, totally you know, increased by like almost like hundreds of percentage of yeah. depending on which city you look at. So you can't really be against defunding police if you were fine with the police budget of 1980, <laughs> you know. Um, it's just putting these budgets back where they were before mm -hmm. um, and taking away the free military equipment that they got that they shouldn't be using on citizens anyways. Yep.
Absolutely. Um, so, okay, I guess real briefly, let's go ahead and go over what the... The actual facts. Well, yeah, exactly, <laughs> the actual facts. So the mayor, the mayor of Austin responded to what, what the mayor said, uh, quote, Law- lawlessness in our cities and, and chaos in the streets. <laughs> Right. And, uh, you know, they even threw out taking guns away. I think it was gov- uh, Lieutenant Governor Packers. Take everybody's oh, yeah. guns. Take their guns away. If they do, first they'll defund the police, and they're going to take private citizens' guns away. And I'm like, what is this? Oh, yeah. It's literally fear mongering. Yeah. yeah, it's so real. Yeah, they're talking about that case in, uh, is it pronounced Westlaco? Um, there is a guy who walked into a Walmart with uh, open carrying an AK 47, um, mm-hmm. and I guess was like pointing it. At, um, I don't know if he actually pointed it at, at somebody shopping there or, or what, but um, he, first he was detained by a citizen uh, who happened to have, uh, who also, you know, happened to be like a concealed, have had a concealed weapon on him. So he wasn't even detained by law enforcement initially. The attacker was detained by a citizen, which is usually how it works out. Um, and then the police show up, right? Right. Um, and he said, uh, you know, leftists get what they want. Not only are they wanting to take away uh, the funding for the police, but they want to take everybody's guns as and, well. Yeah, and the lieutenant governor also uh, was like, kudos to those police officers who, yeah, if it wasn't been, been for them, then we would be in Westlaco right now having a press conference with a mass murder shooting and the police officers didn't do anything. Yeah. They, they showed up after the after citizen the had already corralled the situation. Yeah. So, again, misconstruing the facts and fear-mongering. And the need for police, really. Yeah. I mean, it's just, Right. I and mean, we'll get into that on another episode. but Yeah, just controlling the narrative. The police officers are not as... Um, Effective. Yeah, or, or imperative as you know, these guys are making it seem. Yep. Mm-hmm. So essentially, the way that what's the name of the mayor from Austin? What's his? Steve Adler. Steve Adler. All right. Yeah. So the way uh, Mayor Adler put it, he said so. Essentially, what they've done is there's three buckets, uh, and one bucket got twenty million dollars, one bucket got eighty million dollars, and one bucket got fifty million dollars. This is all reappropriated from money that was in the police part of the budget and reappropriated to other parts of the budget. Then in addition to that, there was $20 million in cuts. So that $20 million in cuts amounts to 4% of the police budget. So all of this fear mongering, all of this crazy rhetoric, we'll put the link in the doobly-doo when you listen to this. If you want to go watch the mayor's thing, you're welcome to go watch it. Uh, is All of this is over 4% of, the, of a reduction in the police budget. The rest of this the first $20 million is for housing. Um, for homeless. Yeah, for the homeless. Uh, uh, Getting people out of tents and off of the streets and into um, supportive housing. Yes. And so that's, that would be great if we could do the same thing here in Fort Worth. We, too, have a lot well, of homeless we are on our doing streets. It. Yeah. That's what's really funny is, like, a lot of the things that they're doing um, – if you go back to the, you know, the the um, work session that they did earlier this week, we're either currently doing or talking about doing here in Fort Worth, like many of the same things. And so it's like, I don't know where Bessie gets <laughs> off, 
like waving a finger around, you know, to the mayor of Austin because we're looking at doing a lot of the same things we're here. We're not spending twenty million dollars on housing for homeless. Well, no, but if you look <laughs> like, at we're how, not even close. But if you look at how they reallocated the CCPD funds and yeah. how they're using the CARES money, right? They yes. are doing some initiatives they're doing, for they're, homeless. They're, they're you know? making steps in the right direction, which is good, which is yeah. positive. Yes, but ba- you wouldn't know that based on how, based on how she was went. acting. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so the second um, bucket was to cut uh, was to reappropriate eighty million dollars um, for to integrate nine one one with three one one, and so essentially to re- retrain and then also like deal with the infrastructural uh, issues of integrating those two systems. So police officers are not showing up to every 911 call if there's a, a, a you know if it's a nonviolent issue if there's if it's a health related issue or mental health issue then uh, it would be dealt with in their new integrated system uh, to have not an officer respond to that and then also a part of this 80 million dollars was uh, an independent IA or uh, internal affairs division. Yes. And then also I think they he said that they were hiring um, mental health professionals to show up to mental health crisis out in the field. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think part of it is um, to open, um, I don't know if he said it was a center, um, but to open some sort of program for women that are in domestic violence situations. So um, they can get help and get out of their situation um, with some assistance from the city before it turns into, you know, like a, a, a more serious homicidal yeah. situation or really um you know yeah escalate before it escalates is what i'm trying to say correct which the 80 million dollars that the mayor spoke to is um for social services and mm-hmm. uh quite frankly if you can reimagine police and uh, the police officers would not show up to uh situations involving mental health individuals would not show up to uh, a burglar uh situation that happened days ago but just now being reported by a business owner um you know those type of social services could help with crime prevention if we're putting money towards um you know helping battered women helping prostitutes get off the street helping uh with other social services where people don't have to sell drugs that will help decrease the crime rates in that city absolutely and the data is there to support it yeah And then the third bucket was the uh, was fifty million dollars to develop an independent police academy, um, separate f- from the police department. Not, I mean, it's I think the way he phrased it was there. You know, police officers could be adjunct professors there, but it wouldn't be run by the department. It would be run right. and overseen by the uh, by a civilian oversight. Which is awesome. That's innovative. Um, yeah. Hadn't heard of that one before. A separate training entity for the police officers That's great That's yeah. That's yeah well and he said that they didn't get rid of any police officer yeah. positions so they you know are reallocating these funds you know for preventative services and using the money more wisely in some areas where money was wasted but they didn't fire any of their yep. officers they didn't lower the number of officers on the street nope they closed unfilled positions and uh, there were no layoffs or anything like that yeah they yeah didn't. they they did. Uh, he did say that they delayed three training academies, but that was actually something that um, did they say that? I guess they had a professional come in and do an evaluation. Well, I think he said their own internal uh, affairs uh, recommended oh, that. Yeah. And they did their own kind of like that they self. They needed to revisit. Yes. Yeah. 
so you know it's it's amazing because um what you have now is um a city uh a mayor uh who's moving towards the idea uh that us progressives have been um saying for the last two or three months right and just common sense you know i mean it's like i mean we're the ones that are saying it it is the progressive left that is saying it um and also some libertarians are saying it too um but these are just common sense uses of money you know like who doesn't want to have less crimes happening you know who doesn't want to prevent crime like isn't that better for everyone if there aren't any crimes or i mean we i don't know if we'll ever truly get rid of crime Mm -hmm. i mean i know in star trek you know that is the future that they talk about i don't know if that's ever going to really happen for us but there is there are ways that we know to lessen the number of crimes that are occurring and if we can actually use all of the money um, that's been put towards this research, you know, much of it's been funded by the state. If we can actually take, you know, um, take those findings and put them into actual applicable programs and actually prevent, you know, people from committing crimes and lessen the overall number of victims, why can't, why wouldn't we want to do that? You know, it just doesn't make sense not to. Yeah. And I th- it was, it was interesting to me, just you know comparing uh, the mayor of austin to the mayor of fort worth because we're just so we're so used to betsy now we've had her for three terms and her just like disaffected like nonchalant like hey uh like just not really (laughs) you know just like does it that's a great impression (laughs) (laughs) it's just i don't know she's not in touch like just not no doesn't doesn't give to you know not, not at all and and then you hear the you know Adler uh, saying like you know it's it's about redist- uh, redefining public safety. Mm-hmm. It's about helping you know the parts of our community that are the most vulnerable and providing healthcare to everybody. He drew, he dropped that. He said it's about trust. You know trust amongst the community, and he's and it's about Black Lives Matter. He straight up said those words. You know yeah. which like our mayor it seems Pre- to be that, terrified. Vulnerable to say. citizens. Yeah. Right, right, absolutely. We, we can't get our mayor to to uh, agree to have a Black Lives Matter town hall. Yeah, she totally like, gypped us on that, and then she made all these promises about supposedly like the individual um, council members were going to do town halls like within <laughs> their own districts or whatever. And I don't doubt for two seconds that Ann Zeta would totally do that with us if we wanted her to. Um, I know she would <laughs> because she's awesome. And we definitely have, like, the best council member of everybody here in District 9. <laughs> um, I might start a fan club because she's so, zo- she's so awesome. But I just, I was just listening to Mayor Adler, and I was like, wow, what would it be like to have a good mayor that, like, actually cares about all of the people in the community, yeah. not just the donors, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I, what I liked about Mayor Adler, he spoke so matter-of-factly, um, and Matt, wow, I don't know if you got, but this huge political battle that's brewing between the mayor and of Austin and the governor is just, you know, is mind-boggling to see. Uh, but he was so matter-of-factly, uh, he came from a place of facts, he came from a place of uh, data, um, he spoke about um, the... Um, uh, it slips my mind, but he spoke about the, um, you know, how, um, gosh, 
Help me out, Anthony. In the beginning, he spoke about... Oh, the COVID stuff? Yes. Yeah. How the governor was missing in the reaction to COVID-19. Yeah. And, you know, I see a lot of people that, that said that the governor basically dropped the ball in his Absolutely. response. Absolutely. Yet we he, just surpassed 10,000 deaths. Yes. Yeah, we're like the third highest number of deaths in this. Yeah, in the whole he, country. he wants to take, you know, time out of his day to hold a press conference and, you know, to have a session to complain about defunding the police where there's a lot more bigger issues that we're yeah. facing right now as we're in the middle of this pandemic. But, you know, yeah, he's like talking about, you know, touting this idea of public safety. And if we defund police, you know, like the citizens of Texas are just going to go wild and take up arms and start murdering people and all this chaos or whatever. He's like obviously like terrified of his neighbors and his community and the citizens of Texas, obviously. But it's like if he was really caring about people's lives and people's safety, then where the <coughs> was he during COVID, you know, at exactly. the beginning? Like, Exa where is he now? <laughs> exactly. Uh, it seems like he, he, you know, he's all based, about, based on opinion. Uh, uh, today, everything that he talked about was based on, well, in a press conference Monday, everything that he talked about was based on his own opinion. Yeah. Um, defund the police, which he, it doesn't sound like he's very much so educated or interested in being educated on what it actually means. Exactly. Um, and he's, you know, he's also, you know, very opinionated in uh, how crime is going to uh, just go rampant if, you know, at the thought of taking police or uh, taking uh, uh, funding away from the police. Uh, that's an opinion. It's not based on any facts. It's just based on his own fear. Uh, and how about the lieutenant governor trying to compare the city of Austin to Seattle oh, or yes. Portland yeah. just because they defunded the police? And that's, uh, yeah, just using those Trump sound bites. Right. right. Like, like Portland and Seattle right now right. are like every conservative's like Armageddon or something like <laughs> that. Like, that's just the most terrifying, right. you know. I'm not going to say that, but. <laughs> Where are we at as a country? I mean, just in the political atmosphere that we're in. So, so what do you think, man? Oh, man. I mean, this we haven't been this divided, you know, since the Civil War, really. Like, this is right. really... And I think a lot of it has to do it, it, with the Internet, you know? I mean, we, I could talk about this for two hours. Like, I think about this stuff all the time. We should do another, sh another episode about um, it. But, I mean, that, yeah, I'm always down to... I don't know how much it'll pertain to local issues, but... It, um, it impacts us. We all use the Internet. Yeah, well, I mean, just... People have Facebooks, they have social media, you know, they're all subject to the brainwashing algorithms that, yeah. you know, yeah. just keep you in a, in a you know, yeah. echo it's, chamber. It's, uh, yeah, we're, we're in a bad way right now, for sure. And so, I mean, it's it's in times like this, especially in the middle of a pandemic, especially in the middle of an economic crisis, especially, you know, all of these things that were going on, these are when you need social services the most, right? Like, these are when you need... Uh, when you need the people to be taken care of. This is, yeah. in, my, in my opinion, what a government is for. Like, mm -hmm. that's what the point of it is, is to take care of people when times get rough. Uh, and so, like, you know, the fat George Floyd, like, happening in the middle of all of this other stuff is just, you know, bringing 
ever more attention to like, look, this is another <laughs> another thing among the long list of things that we need to address and deal with and take care of and another reason to provide for everybody, right? Like, and that's, it's the lack of that providing, right? There hasn't been that for decades and decades. And so when you don't, when you don't do that, when you don't give the people what they need, like then you end up in situations where people are marching the street for 60 days in a row, right? right. Like, and it, it's, it's interesting to me is because I often tell my students like, you know, in here in America, we don't have this tradition. You know, it, we do have a tradition of protest, but no one ever talks about it. No one teaches it. It's not something that's well known to us, to most Americans, right? But like then, you know, you look around the world, and I was using France as an example at the time, and I was using Hong Kong as an example at the time because these people were out there for six months, right? At the when at, when I was doing this lesson or whatever, and it's like now you are starting to see in a, in a type of an awakening here in America, which is good for democracy on one hand, but it's bad that things have gotten so bad, <laughs> you yeah. know, that like that, that it's getting to this point. But I mean, to me, like what I keep saying, and I might've said it at the last podcast, I say it, I feel like to every time I have a conversation with somebody, you think you've seen people in the streets now, just wait till everyone's out of a job and everyone doesn't, you know, is out on Eviction. the streets because they don't have a home. Yeah, right. exactly. Because they, yeah. they couldn't pay their mortgage, right? And so, like, yeah, because they don't have a job, right? Like, so it's all – and wait till the landlords are, are are bankrupt because they don't have any tenants to hold – you know, like, yeah. it's it's going to it's gonna continue. Like, things, yeah. are, things are bad. And this so this is, is, this is when you need <laughs> – Healthcare. This is when you need housing. This is when you need the city Supported to take services. care of stuff. And so, yeah, yeah. You, can, you can get mad at, at the president all you want, but like the president is not going to come help you. I don't care who's in office. Like the, the people who are going to provide for you every day, day in and day out, are the, the your city, you know, and Absolutely. Your, and your, and your county. Right. Absolutely. And so, like that's this is why it's so important. If you want those things, then fight for those things. But you got to fight for you got to vote. CCPD. Six eight eight percent of the registering voting population is 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 nothing. It's nothing. It's it's not, not representative. It's, and you it, know that Betsy and all the council members like had their friends go vote. You know, it's like that six percent is like the six. You know, some of that is like because of the protests and because of you know those of us. You know, I think everybody here at some point was out. You know, um, canvassing about CCPD. Yeah. You know, some of it's because of that. But, like, the vast majority of those people that went out and voted are people who probably are within, you know, city government official social circles, right? And if you, like... It's it, not re it, representative of all of us. No, and it was a 65-35 vote. Like, that's right. not even resound, like, of the people who did vote. Like, that's actually closer than I thought it would have been. Exactly, like, exactly. That's, and now we, don't, now we can't do anything about it for 10 more years, and that's the stinky, yeah, we're stuck the stinky with it. gross thing about it. Well, and I now wanna... they wore it as a badge on it. Yeah, exactly. Know? Oh, yeah. Exactly. They, they even had that other guy, whoever it was, that was, like, opposite into Betsy on the little panel at Greg's thing. But even that random dude, I don't think he's even a Fort Worth City official. I think he's a state person, was like, oh, the CCPD vote, blah, 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 you yeah. know? And it's just like, God, like, quit rubbing it in our faces. Like, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. yeah. I mean, just like, yeah. imagine, because, like, we started bringing it up. Like, what was it? Like, maybe two months before the actual vote? Like, imagine if we had started canvassing about CCPD and educating people about it, like, six months prior. Like, we totally yeah. could have, like, yeah. we could have we taken it over. We will next time. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, the CCPD budget and right now the city of Fort Worth is trying to tell us that, hey, we're going to be uh, reallocating those funds. Um, 
and you know their proposed budget for 2021 they have taken off uh some of the things that they had in 2021 most interesting is the srt the uh funding gang yeah. unit funding the swat team funding yeah, yeah. Uh, which are those tactical units within fort Worth pd that tend to har- harass the communities um but you know is it that they're really taking that away or is they or they're really just pulling that from other funding that they yeah, have because I think they have a general gonna, fund as well. yeah they're they're gonna be uh what what do they like to call it um enhancing enhancing SWAT and enhancing the gang unit um expanded SWAT like they either say enhance or expand they kind of switch it back and forth um but that was previously funded through the CCPD sales tax and now it's going to be funded through the general fund um which in some ways is like kind of good because we have as citizens um have a little bit more say over how you know the general fund is allocated um because it's all basically money that we pay to the city but um they're they're basically like you know they did what they said they were going to do with the ccpd and put more money um towards supportive services and preventative services for crime but they are still going to be funding all of those um pseudo wannabe military programs you know such as swat and srt and all that stuff yeah um so let me ask you guys this i know we're kind of getting up there on time um so how much money do you think that uh, Greg and Dan and even Betsy um, and the other people that were there speaking today, how much do you think they are in the police union's pockets right now? Well, definitely for their um, their political campaigns and the contributions that they make towards their their campaigns. So, you know... um, they they tend to benefit from um, police and the funding and the funding yeah. that they have uh, to you know donate to a political uh, campaign such as the mayor Bessie Price or Governor Abbott's campaign right. for their uh, positions that they're in. Uh, so yeah, you can tell that this was personal. Uh, this press conference was personal. Yeah, uh, Greg Abbott. Abbott you know, so triggered. The way that he raised his voice in certain points, he sounded like a preacher to me. I thought he it's, sounded like he was having like um like a manic episode. Like yes. I was kind of thinking at first, I was like, "Is Abbott yes. okay? Like, why is his face so?" Red? When he initially raised his voice, I knew he was pissed. It, yeah. It's just like this guy's not happy about something. Right. And you know. I think they made it very clear they're not happy about Austin uh, cutting their city budget. Yeah. And, you know, now they're trying to create this law to, um, you know, um, keep cities oppressed from um, making unilateral decisions to what they want to do with their own police budget. I mean, it's it's mind-boggling, it's asinine that this our own governor in the middle of a pandemic where tens of thou ten thousand Texans are uh dying to COVID nineteen. Yes, yeah. dead to COVID nineteen is focused on, you know, uh, throwing a hissy fit, uh, a temper tantrum about a city uh, uh deciding to be progressive and re reallocate some funds. You know, it's time that Governor Abbott, it's time that Mayor Bessie Price and whoever else supports this conservative mindset, it's just time for them to go. 
because we yeah. will never get the true change that we want until we have somebody else in the office who absolutely. understands, like a may, uh, Mayor Steve Adler. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm definitely pro Mayor Steve Adler for sure. And, and you know, I, what I don't think that they understand is, you know, the tough on crime era of police policy, that's over with. You know, like, we're not, like, tough on crime, you know, implemented. It's so over, man. It, it's so over. <laughs> like, it implemented so many destructive policies that have destroyed families, communities, you know, like, overly harsh punishments, um, yes. too lenient in some areas. Yes. And none of it did anything to prevent crime. Yeah. And the evidence is out there that shows, like, mandatory minimum sentencing, three strikes policy, you know, truth and sentencing policies. None of those did anything to prevent crimes. It didn't save anybody's lives. It ruined a bunch of people's lives. It took a bunch of dads out of their home. They can't be a dad to their kids now. You know, there's a bunch of single moms that are supporting families on their own because their husband's been put in prison. It's done, it's done nothing but just destroy communities. And there's a reason why tough on crime policies are dead. Like, we're moving on to a new era of criminal justice policy it's called evidence-based policies policies that are you know supported by empirical evidence that we know has at least you know generally some type of effect on what the policy is intended to do and to see abbott and dan patrick and bessie up there you know fear-mongering, afraid of their own communities, afraid of their own citizens, afraid of their neighbors, you know, just talking about, you know, people are going to be running out in the street, you know, killing people. Like, to me, you know, and I've never considered myself to be a particularly, um, like, patriotic Texan, you know, but to me, like, that is really insulting to the people of Texas. It's like, you don't have any more faith in the type of people that live in this state. You don't have any more faith in the people of Fort Worth that you think that the second that police are slightly defunded that we're all gonna be out in the streets murdering and raping each other? Like, it's like, why are you even a leader or a politician in this state if you think that little of the citizens and the people that you serve? You know what I mean? That's a good point, Amber. Like, to me, it's like, you obviously hate Texas if you think that that is what is going to happen. Like, you don't have any more faith in us to do the right thing to not murder each other just because there's a, maybe a few less police on the street, which is not even the case yeah. at this point, you know? Yeah. Before we wrap up, can we do our quote corner? Yeah, let's oh, do it. Oh, okay. It. Dang it. I have one. I guess, you know, if I'm asking for it, I have one that kind of sticks out to me. This is from, this is in response to Greg Abbott's press conference. This is from a uh, council memberman of uh, the city of Austin and also from their mayor pro tem. Today, a group of all white members of our state government, including Governor Greg Abbott, attacked the Black Lives Matter movement. Governor Abbott could have held a press conference to express his support for the George Floyd Act. The message from tens of thousands 
of Austinites who made their voices heard in this year's budget proposal was clear. We must decrease our over-reliance on police to handle all of our complex public safety challenges and instead reinvest in domestic violence shelters, mental health first responders, and more. That's what our city council did, and it's exactly the work we're committed to uh to continue and the mayor pro tem himself says briefly our country is getting really tired of stage political theater and they want real systematic change mm -hmm. policing is not the same thing as public safety especially when we see continuing and growing racial disparities in who gets targeted more often for arrests and searches if the governor really cared about public safety he would expand medicaid he would invest in our children infrastructure that is coming right before our eyes he would have mandated masks earlier in this pandemic. Yes. Nailed it. Wow. Yeah. Straight on. That's great. Yeah. Straight on. So, you know, you know, the governor was direct in his anger. So, it's you know, it, I guess, you know, if we're going to have this type of political battle, it would be fair for si the, the city brass of Austin to, to shoot back and give their opinion. And here's the most, and I'll say it again, the most ironic thing of this all is that the governor is a citizen of yeah. Austin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> go for it. You go for it, babe. Oh, okay. So this is actually a quote from a criminal justice uh, policy researcher named Samuel Walker uh, from a book titled Sense and Nonsense about crime, drugs, and communities. This was actually one of my textbooks this semester. Nice. Um, this is from chapter five, which is titled Unleash the Cops! Exclamation point. Um, and so this is actually in, in response to some research that was done about um, the number of cops in cities uh, on patrol versus, um, uh, I guess like versus crime rate or in, re in relation to crime rates. Um, and so the question is, are there lower crime rates in cities with more cops? In the most systematic review of this evidence, Eck and Marguire reviewed 27 studies of the relationship between the number of police officers and the crime rates. They found mixed results. Only 20% of the studies found that more police was correlated with lower crime rates, whereas 30% found the reverse. More police was correlated with more crime rates. Keep in mind, the findings involve correlation and not causation, but by the standards of evidence-based crime policy, this is not persuasive evidence that increasing the number of police will reduce crime in a city. Very telling. Yes. Yep. And I, that's not really surprising. Is that surprising No, not at all. That's surprising not me all. either. So mine, I kind of, I... I did mine early at the, at the beginning because I didn't know that we were going to do the corner. I should have saved it. <laughs> but I, I pulled bring it up back. Bring it back. Well, the, <laughs> it's not it's not as great if I bring it back. I'll just bring it back. Bring it back. Um, where is it at? It is the and I see. I don't know who the guy was. We should have written on the names. It was one of the, it was like the no name dude that we didn't recognize. <laughs> that was yeah, the, the no governor. name guy. We keep yeah, quoting. the guy at the end. Yeah, uh, he was just uh, you know saying that uh, the citizens of Fort Worth were appreciating what the CCPD did right with our resounding vote of, you know, 8%. <laughs> Very with resounding. 8% voter turnout, not even 10% of the... But just, I thought... I thought
thank you for listening to the Fort Worth Freedom Review. If you would like to get involved or want to contact us, you can reach us at fwfreedomreview at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at fwreview and on Facebook at Fort Worth Freedom Review. This podcast is made possible by the Justice Reform League, a Fort Worth-based nonprofit. If you wish to support us, please go to justicereformleague.org and click on the donate button.